Hello everybody, welcome to the Mac Stories Lounge interview series. We're continuing on our series of interviews here at WWDC, and I'm sitting here with Ben McCarthy, who is the maker of Obscura, a camera app for iOS. Ben, welcome to the Mac Stories Lounge interview. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Good. Um, I wanted to talk to you about a bunch of stuff today, um, mm-hmm. but why don't we start with your app? I know that you, maybe it was, a, was it December that you changed your pricing model for your app? It was, yeah, late December, just before Christmas. Uh, it was actually an interesting period. I was getting ready to launch a big 2.0 update, and that that got approved for release. I think it was it was maybe a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, Star Wars was set to release that Thursday, and I thought I'm going to hold off because you you don't want to be competing with Star Wars yes. when you're when you're trying to launch an app. So I figured I'd hold off till the Monday. That seemed like a good you know, idea. Nobody wants to release an app over the weekend. Everybody's busy. That all seemed to make sense, and I was going to launch the week of Christmas, which was nice. I think it was the 21st, maybe. And then on Saturday morning, I realized that my app was being featured on the store. Uh, and Saturday for me was a bit of a crazy day, so I didn't get a chance to be at my at my desk, at my laptop. And so Sunday morning, first thing I did was push the new version, change the pricing model while being featured. Uh, that. I mean, it, I was seeing big downloads, and obviously the downloads dropped as the, the price changed. But it was still significantly higher than it was before, and my best guess is that it was going to make more money. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday, I, was, I realized it was also being featured on the U.S. App Store, which I hadn't known until that point. I'd just seen it on the Irish Store. Sure. A few hours later on Monday, it also got picked up on Daring Fireball. Oh, wow. Which, again, increased downloads tremendously. Um, and so that whole pricing model change, it was a really sudden change. Uh, it had a pretty profound effect. So what did you? What was your pricing model before you made the change, and what did you change to? Beforehand, it was free with in-app purchase. And the idea was it was essentially just a patronage model. I had a couple of different price tiers that you could essentially donate to get filters within the app, live filters that ran over the camera stream. And that made about $600 over the first six months, most of which were in you know, the, the initial launch. And it was pretty clear that that was not going to be in any way sustainable. So I, I'd been working for a couple of months on a big 2.0 update that benefited more from the, the paid up front model. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. You know, sometimes I wish actually that the microphone did pick up the music in the background because Miley Cyrus playing and, you know, I came in like a wrecking ball is really, mm-hmm. is really good. It's, I, I think Miley Cyrus and I, we, we're really going a similar target audience. You know, we, we relate well, so that it's so a shame. What kind of features did you add in 2.0 that um, you know, kind of worked better with the what new pricing What features model? did I add? I added a lot of uh, improvements to the UI. I added uh, an improved filter picker and access to your photo library as far as I recall, or mm-hmm. I, I certainly improved that whole system anyway. Um, it's interesting to me because, you know, I think sometimes the, the free with in-app purchase, it's hard, hard to know where to pick where, where you make the pain point or how you do it. With, I mean, you did it more of as, as kind of a patronage model, and there are apps that have done that. Um, 
and I've talked, you know, earlier this week to Curtis Herbert, and he does the Slopes app, which is mm-hmm. skiing, snowboarding, and he did a really, um, really good job of kind of targeting beginner skiers who got who could <laughs> use the app for free and use, you know, kind of the, the broad overview where you would see what your speed was when you're skiing mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But then, as people got more into the app, they could um, they could you know do the in-app purchase and get a subscription, and then get even more detailed information. This is a little different because mm-hmm. it was going from patronage to a paid up front. Um, but I guess uh, a combination of what press as well as being paid up front, people sure. are willing to pay that. Yeah. Well, one of the issues with the camera app is that there's rarely a good point to interrupt the user. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to do is have them in the, in the middle of, of a shoot, whether it's that casual or whether they're photographing something more serious. The last thing you need is a pop-up saying, hey, start paying me. You yeah. really want to you want to do it tastefully. And if Obscura is going for a, a little bit of more of a pro audience, and so you really need to be careful and respectful of how you're going to interrupt that. And so I didn't really. I took the the patronage model away in the settings and made it kind of hard to find, which no doubt influenced how little money it was making. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so switching to pay to front made a lot of sense for a number of reasons. Uh, I think the largest of which, though, is that going for a pro audience, you're going for people who are going to be more willing to invest in something. Yep. But also the photography audience is people who generally spend money on cameras and lenses. It's not a cheap hobby, and so there's there's usually some money to spare. Or yeah, they're they're willing to pay money, right? Exactly. They're spending hundreds of dollars for their DSLRs. Exactly, if not thousands. And so right. five dollars up front for a camera app is not the biggest ask of that audience. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that it's it's not unlike the pro utility um, app model. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, so since we're at WWC, have you seen? What, is there anything new that you've heard about that's um, available for the camera in the new SDK? There's a couple of big changes which have didn't they didn't get much uh, fanfare in in during the keynote. Mm-hmm. The biggest for me anyway is raw photo support. Yep. Which kind of has two angles. The first and, and more relevant to me, I suppose, is that you can now capture raw photos directly from the iPhone's camera. I think mm-hmm. it was the iPad's camera. Um, this is going to be pretty big, especially for my app, which kind of revolves around having filters over your camera feed, which then get applied. They get baked into the JPEG currently. And it's hard to say yet. I haven't had a chance to dig in deep with this, but I'm, I believe you can now shoot raw and JPEG simultaneously which means that I can store an original file while also saving the filtered file. Do you know if, the, the, you know, do you know if they, um, they save together so it only shows one, at, one in the camera or are they like two, two images? I haven't heard yet and yeah. I've yet to try the beta. Yeah, because I, I know I've got like a Sony DLSR and, it, and you can do that but it always creates two images, right? Yeah, yeah which is definitely a pain in terms of organization and organization of photos on iOS is a bit of a chore. Yeah, it would be interesting if they stored them together and there was some kind of picker mechanism so you could choose which one you're editing. I would hope so. I've long been hoping for an interface that kind of stacked different versions of photos together. Mm -hmm. Because currently what you have is you have your original, you edit that, and all you can do is keep editing that (coughs) edited photo or you can revert to the original. Yep. But it's not hard to see that 
people might have different versions of the same photo. Well, in a way, it's a little bit like the burst mode, right? When you do burst mode, you have all these different copies <coughs> of the photo, and you can pick which one you like the best. So I could see them doing something exactly. like that. Exactly. I feel like the interface is already there for that if they wanted to do it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And there were a couple other things, right? There's um, live photos, right, for third parties? So exactly. Third parties can now shoot and store live photos, and we can also process live photos and oh. save them back as live photos, as far as I'm aware. I wonder if you can rotate them, because I just, I just reviewed an app that rotates uh, live photos, which is uh, amazingly something you can't do already. Hopefully we can rotate live photos. I know. I mean, it's it's more complicated, uh, <laughs> given that the way they've, I, I guess the architecture of live photos is kind of complicated. I have not looked at it myself. It sounds messy. I mean, it's a video file of still images that play sort of quickly. Yeah, yeah, right, because it's not exactly like normal 30 frames per second no. or anything like that. Interesting. Anything else with the camera that came out? Um, what else? We have a couple of changes to the color space. Oh, right. Uh, so an extended RGB color space, which I think is the same that the 9.7-inch iPad now uses. Yeah, I wonder as if well that, as the iMac. Yeah, I wonder if that means they're going to be rolling that, <coughs> rolling that out across different devices like the iPhone. I would definitely start expect to start seeing that soon. Yeah, and they may and maybe this is a precursor to you know new hardware with different more cameras on the phone or something like that. I think so. I mean, it's one of the few things we've heard rumored repeatedly about this next iPhone, is that uh, we might get a dual camera system and whether or not that whether or not that's going to be for two different lenses, one that mm -hmm. might be closer could be very interesting, or the other rumor that seems more prevalent is that we'd get two of the same lenses and have 3D photos of some sort. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, I guess moving away from the camera a little bit, what did you see just as a, as a user of iOS devices that got you kind of excited um, during the keynote? I think the biggest thing for me, maybe the thing that's going to have the most immediate impact is watchOS. Mm -hmm. uh, I still use my watch every day, wear it constantly, and I've always been a watch user, so I'm used to that and I'm looking forward to it, the whole thing just performing better. Yeah, that would be really nice. I, mean, I could see too, I could see, have you ever thought of doing a watch app just to like as a trigger for the uh, for Obscura? I have, not for very long. Yeah. It doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. What I would much rather is Siri to control the camera. I think that could be fascinating yeah, and that's beneficial a good idea. For, for remote stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never thought of that. I mean, I, yeah, I, I know what you mean <laughs> about the, um, the watch app. I mean, it's, it is hard to justify a lot of watch apps um, as an adjunct so. to a main app. So, uh, interesting. Anything, uh, I, I think that, you know, the speed is obviously a huge improvement. But I think the interaction model is a lot better. Yeah, the, the fact that they have not completely reimagined the, inter uh, the interaction model, but rethought how people are actually using it and how best to surface the kind of things people are doing or could do more commonly, like changing the watch face. I think that's going to be a really nice change. Yeah, that swiping left and right to get to the different watch faces mm -hmm. is pretty pretty neat. And two, I think it, it even though, I mean, I, I think the thing that went unstated is that those the little circles, the little apps on the home screen still exist. It's just that it's not necessary for you to go to them as, as often. No, and certainly I think at some point I've seen a screenshot of the watch uh, demo during one of the talks, mm -hmm. and the, the person at Apple had maybe eight or ten apps Oh, really? Installed in his watch, as oh. opposed to the you know fifty you might get if you let the, the watch automatically. Yeah, install I don't everything. even I don't even bother to organize mine. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of them on there, and I don't even know which ones are on there. No, I tried briefly, and I think I reset my watch at some point, and they all just got shuffled, and I gave up. Yeah, have you looked at any of the um, extension point stuff or anything else about or the developer tools, anything like that that kind of gets you interested for when you're working on your app? Uh, I've definitely been looking, and I'm certainly curious. The problem with the camera app is it doesn't make a whole lot of sense with a lot of the extensions. 
Yeah, that's true. I don't think we're going to be able to have a camera app running with, within messages, uh, which is a shame, I think. But it's not going to tie into Siri. It's not going to tie into Notification Center or widgets particularly. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely curious, and I'll think about it some more. But immediately, there is nothing I'm jumping on with that. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's interesting, I think, the, the built-in camera app you can get to just from swiping from right to left, right? Isn't that right? Yeah, I think they've made that even easier than it was before. Yeah, which I, I mean, probably not the best thing for someone who makes a camera app, just because it's convenient, right? It's not ideal, but what, from what I see is that the people using my app and other camera apps are really, it's more considered experience. People are rarely doing it in a rush. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's definitely room for a broad range <laughs> of different kinds of camera apps, I think. I've got, photography's probably one of the, the biggest categories of, you know, in a folder that I've got on my phone. I think so, and it's one of those things that it, it encourages a lot of experiment, experimentation and tinkering. So it's a, it's a good market for that, I think. Mm -hmm. So did you build the filters on your app yourself? I, does, I, yeah, I worked on the filters myself. I actually do them all in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And then I can import them. I use GPU Image, uh, a fantastic oh, okay. third-party framework that actually handles the processing. But no, I, I designed the filters myself. Oh, that's really neat. I mean, because I think, you know, it just occurred to me that just like we have now the ability <coughs> to do um, mini apps within the Messages app, mm -hmm. it would be kind of interesting if you could do something like that within the camera app, say filters, right? Yeah. And then you can get a lot of filter designers selling something direct through there. It's not hard to imagine, especially you look at Snapchat who are doing fantastic processing with their with the camera feed a lot of it is kind of nonsensical and, and whimsical but right. the speed at which they're doing it and working on you know the slower performing phones is, is pretty staggering yeah I mean it's one of those things that what they're it seems to me what they're trying to do is open up markets for people who aren't necessarily strictly developer types right so you can do sticker packs and messages or maybe and, and as I was imagining you know maybe filters for for the camera this is true I think the the stickers are gonna be huge it's We've already seen in, in a number of messaging apps the kind of effect that you know adding stickers, adding GIFs, or GIFs, I'm going to say GIFs, have to people Thank that you. They, they really they jump on them and they are all over the place. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Um, anything else that uh, struck your fancy at WWC? I am delighted for Auto Unlock between the, the watch and the Mac. That's going to be great. Yeah, that, that's, that's one of those things that seems kind of... Uh, I don't know. It, it seems like a small thing when you look at it in the keynote, but it'll be very convenient. I think so. Uh, some other stuff I'm excited about, I guess, Siri in, in increasing its features is definitely nice. I mean, it was maybe not what most people were hoping for, but right. the signs are all there that that's just going to get better and better. Yeah, it's, it seems a little limited at this point, and it's seemed, it also struck me as kind of an odd assortment. Sure, but I think maybe relatively easy spaces... Right. Not a lot of uh, complicated stuff. Like, I mean, for messages, you really just need to transcode what the transcribe what the user is saying and send it on. Right, and then recognize to whom, right? Yeah. And that's about it. Exactly. Ordering a car, you just need the location. Ordering money, you kind of just need a figure and a recipient. So. Yeah, that's true. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I'm also just the overall push towards more exciting dynamic typography is mm -hmm. interesting and refreshing. Yeah, I saw it, that. I saw they have small caps now, right? We have small caps. I am thrilled <laughs> about small caps. I will be sticking them everywhere within Obscura. Now you know they, they sure locked a lot during this keynote. If you think about it, including mm -hmm. including those small cap generators. <laughs> yeah, no, the, those were always a mess. Never yeah. worked right. So, uh, but the other thing is just the kind of general. Like you look at music app, and they're really going with these big bold headings. Um, I think that's gonna generate some more interest in typography in general across the platform. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of Windows Phone, funnily enough, which 
from the, the offset had a big emphasis on typography. The San Francisco mono that they have now for uh, Xcode is really nice, too. Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to install it yet. And there's multiple weights you can do, too, um, that, are, that are really nice. Exactly. They've, they've done a lot of good work with that whole type system in the last two years. Okay. Well, Ben, I want to thank you for kind of stopping by and taking the time out to do this. It's really, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. I'm sorry for my voice, which has been totally gone for the last couple of days. But, I know. Uh, it's Thursday. We're, we're most of the way through WWC, it, it, and it, it happens. We're, we're past the hurdle. Okay. But Thanks th again, though. Thank you very much.